The scripture reading for this morning is John chapter 11, verse 45, through John chapter 12, verse 11. John 11, verse 45, through chapter 12, verse 11. We pick up in John 11, verse 45, right after Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. The text is verses 1 through 8 of chapter 12. Jesus, that deals with Jesus' anointing of Mary's, or sorry, Mary's anointing of Jesus' feet. Pay special attention to those verses. We won't reread them again due to the length of the text. But the text is verses 1 through 8 of chapter 12. John 11, verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and and there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, Many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple. What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it, that they might take him. And here begins our text. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me 
ye have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. And so far do we read God's holy and inspired word. Again, the text is verses 1 through 8. We will refer to those verses throughout the sermon. During this season of Lent, we are going to look at an event that occurred at the end of Jesus' life. Lent is the time of year right before Good Friday and Easter, a time in which we especially, especially remember Jesus' suffering. And we are going to look at an event this morning that occurred at the end of Jesus' life, a time where he especially experienced great suffering. As we look at this event, we will see more about our great salvation. Now, we consider an event this morning that occurred right before the Passion Week. Jesus was with his disciples on the other side of the Jordan River, the east side, in Perea. And he told his disciples that his ministry was ending. That's Luke chapter 18, verses 31 through 33. Jesus said, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and spitefully entreated, and spitted on. And they shall scourge him, and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. When the disciples heard that, they were confused. Luke 18, verse 34, the next verse, says they understood none of these things. They didn't understand because they didn't think he was actually going to die. They heard him say the words about death, but they didn't think you should take those words literally. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah. They believed he was the one who had come to save his people from their sins. But they also thought that he was going to be an earthly king. He wasn't that earthly king yet, so they thought it must not be time for him to die yet. Yet there was some concern. There was some concern about going to Jerusalem at this time because there were plots against Jesus' life. He had recently late raised Lazarus from the dead, and the Pharisees had become worried that if they let him alone, all men will believe on him. That's John 11, verse 48. They were worried about losing their influence on the people. So they made plots against his life. They gave a command, according to John 11, verse 57, that if any man knew where he were, he should show it, that they might take him. Jesus' followers knew about that. They knew these things. They knew the Pharisees were angry. And on Yet Jesus says we're going to go. We're going to go towards Jerusalem. And on Thursday, the week before the Passion Week, on that Thursday, Jesus and his disciples went across the Jordan River near Jericho, and they started to head towards Bethany. 
which was a town just to the south of Jerusalem. They went across that river, Jordan, and probably arrived in Bethany right before the Saturday Sabbath. Sometime before the Saturday Sabbath. Bethany was two miles to the south of Jerusalem. And there Jesus probably stayed at the home of his good friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And on that Saturday night, the evening of the Sabbath, Jesus went to a feast at the home of Simon the leper's. And the event that takes place at that feast at Simon the Lepers in Bethany, that's the event that's covered in the text, verses 1 through 8. There at that feast, Mary anointed Jesus' feet. There, Mary performed an act of love towards Jesus. We'll look at that now. And may we learn today how we are to love Jesus Christ, our Savior, and be moved to do so through the Word. God richly bless us through the Word preached today. Let's consider the text under the theme, Mary's anointing of Jesus. Mary's anointing of Jesus, first the act, second the love, and third the defense. Mary's anointing of Jesus' feet, first the act. What happened? Well, on the Saturday... Saturday before the Passion Week, Jesus went to a feast at Simon the Lepers. We're not told that in John chapter 12, but the parallel passages in Mark chapter 14 and Matthew 26 indicate this is where the feast took place, at Simon the Lepers' house. Very likely, Jesus had at one time healed Simon of leprosy, and Simon had been brought to faith in Jesus Christ for all his salvation. Now that Jesus is back in Bethany, Simon the leper sees this as an opportunity to have Jesus over for a feast, to thank him, to fellowship with him. And John 12 verse 2 tells us that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were also there. Lazarus, according to verse 2, was a guest at the table. Martha served, and Mary probably also served. That's why she was there in those days it was custom that a woman would not eat with men at a public meal. So Mary was probably also there to serve. But know that Mary would be remembered for something other than serving at that feast. For verse 3 of chapter 12 says this, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. So Mary had a pound of ointment of spikenard, and that spikenard was a perfume, a perfume that probably, or many commentators say was probably from India. According to Mark chapter 14, verse 3, she had an alabaster box of this ointment. And that word box in Mark 14, verse 3, refers to a flask. It was made of alabaster, which is a semi-transparent stone. That container was most likely sealed so that the neck of it had to be broken in order to get to the contents. 
Well, we read in Mark 14, verse 3, that Mary broke the box and emptied the contents unto Jesus. This was anointing him or applying that perfume to Jesus according to verse 3. She anointed him. Well, anointed him, that means she applied it to him. Matthew and Mark note that she actually took this perfume and put it on his head. John adds that she also put it on his feet. And then she wiped it with her hair. Now being like our perfumes, this substance evaporated quickly. And because of the amount that Mary used, the the good smell filled the room. People heard, people smelled it. They saw it. The disciples were there. And, and, And Judas, one of the disciples, was bothered He was bothered particularly by what that perfume must have cost. He whispered to his fellow disciples the words in verse 4 of John 12. Or excuse me, verse 5. He says, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? 300 pence was a lot of money. After you would work for one day back then, you would get one pence. So 300 pence was about the amount you would have after you worked for a whole year. Think think of that young people and and kids. Maybe some of you have a a summer job and that can be, you're getting ready for that. Maybe start it soon. And you do that job, but you actually do it all year. And you work and work and work. And then you take all the money that you earn for a whole year and you use it all to buy this perfume and then use it all on Jesus. This was a costly ointment. Very costly. Now Judas said, he whispered this to the disciples, this should have been used on the poor. There are many around us who could use some more food, who could be helped with with clothing, shelter, all these things, or help the sick. And the disciples, they they nodded in agreement with Judas. We read in Matthew 26 that the disciples had indignation, meaning that they were led to criticize Mary too. And Mark 14 says some murmured against her. So you can imagine them nodding their heads in agreement and probably doing that without thinking about it very deeply. Then imagine Mary. She starts to hear the whispers. She sees the the heads nodding. And she no doubt became concerned about what she had done. Was was Jesus actually pleased with this? Was this actually a good thing that she had done? Now know this. What Mary did was an act of love. It was an act of love for Jesus. Jesus. To understand that Mary did this in love, know that Jesus indicated that she did this act by faith. By faith. In response to the whispers of Judas and the other disciples, Jesus said that Mary did this with a view to his burial. John 12, verse 7. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. 
And that word against in verse 7 means with a view to. So she kept this perfume, this ointment, with a view to my burying. Mark, or excuse me, Matthew 26 verse 12, there Jesus says the same thing. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. What does it mean? What does Jesus mean when he says that she did this with a view to my burial? Mary was thinking that Jesus was going to die soon and be buried. And in those days, when your loved one died, you would often take perfume, some kind of ointment, and you'd put it on the dead body. And you'd, the family members would do that to show love and really respect towards their loved one that had died. That perfume would keep the body from smelling so badly so quickly. Even though their loved one was dead, that act would show love. That act would show honor to their dead, deceased family member. Now, Mary, she anointed Jesus now with a spikenard with a view to his burial. Jesus had indicated that he was going to die. He had said that in his, in his earthly ministry. He spoke several times about his coming death. John 10 verse 15, he said, I lay down my life for the sheep. Now Mary had certainly heard Jesus talk about his coming death. Because according to Luke 10 verse 39, Mary was one who regularly sat at the feet of Jesus to listen to him teach. Now, living near Jerusalem, Mary had heard these Pharisees and Jews, the leaders of the Jews, speak about their hatred of Jesus and about their desire to catch him and kill him. So she must have felt that the time was getting close. The time of Jesus' death was fast approaching. And she must have concluded that when he died, she would not have opportunity to put that perfume on his body because his body would be in the control of his haters. So, she did it now. She anointed Jesus now with a view to his burial, not thinking she would have opportunity later. That she anointed him with a view to his burial shows, shows her remarkable faith. The disciples and many others had heard Jesus talk about his coming death. But they did not understand what he was saying and didn't think that he was actually going to die soon. They thought he would be an earthly king. The disciples thought they'd sit on thrones next to him. So they did not think he would really die now. But Mary alone, of all the followers of Jesus, she understood and believed that Jesus was about to suffer, die, and go to the grave. She got it. And she believed that he was going to die for a wonderful purpose. Die to save his people from their sins. Because she had heard Jesus talk about that too. Jesus had taught that. 
Mark 10, verse 45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. Mary had heard Jesus teach that He had come to pay the redemption price, to save His people from their sins and from what they deserved for those sins. Hell. Mary had heard Jesus teach that he was the spiritual savior from sin and she believed it. And she believed that Jesus was her savior. She saw her sin and saw her need for the great savior, Jesus Christ. Mary, remember, took her hair and used that to wipe the ointment on Jesus. In those days, that act was a sign of humility. Mary was humble as one who saw her sin and that she couldn't save herself and that she needed Jesus. And she believed in Him for all her salvation. Now what do we think about Jesus coming? Don't be mistaken about it as many are today. There are those who say that Jesus was simply a great teacher who came to teach people what it means to love. Or He came to be a great example, came, came to show us what it means to love. And there are others that add that He came to be a great advocate for social justice and to show us how to treat the poor. They will act like Jesus came to show us how to set up a great earthly kingdom. And there are even those in the broader church world that will say that. That Jesus and His actions showed us how to, what we as the church are to be doing now. How we're to seek to set up an earthly kingdom where there is no discrimination. Poverty. Try to get rid of sickness. That's the goal. We learn that from Jesus, they'll say came to show us that. We must now set up a kingdom like that. We'll see that Jesus came here. See this this morning. Jesus came here to die for the sins of His people. To save them from those sins and from hell. See that and also see your sins. See your need for the Savior. And trust in Him for all your salvation. Mary anointed Jesus' feet by faith. And thus this was an act of love. This anointing was an act of love. Mary believed that Jesus was going to die to save her from her sins. And so she anointed Jesus' feet to show love to Him. Show thankful love. There was likely nothing that Mary owned that cost more than that ointment. This was her most precious possession. And she used it on her Lord. Seeking His good. Seeking His glory. She used it on Him to show care for Him. She used it on Him and it it showed forth how great He was. Think of it. She was taking this, this very expensive thing she had 
And she used it all on Jesus, showing He's worthy. He's so great, I'm going to use it all on Him. This was indeed then a good work. It was a work that flowed from faith. She was clearly seeking His glory and honor. By this act, Mary was not minimizing the need to care for the poor. Judas acted like she was, but she wasn't. One can serve Jesus and help the poor. And and there's no doubt that Mary did that as one who loved her Savior. She probably heard Jesus speak of helping the least of these her brethren. And no doubt in thankfulness for her great Savior, she did that in her life. To see Mary's great love further, contrast what she did with her money to how Judas viewed and acted about money. Verse 6 gives commentary on why Judas wanted Mary's money to be given to the poor. Verse 6 says, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. So verse 6 shows that Judas wanted the money to be given to the poor because he was in charge of the money that was given to the disciples. People would give money to the disciples that they could then distribute to the poor. Judas was in charge of that. So his thought was that if Mary had given this money to them to then distribute to the poor, he could take some of that for himself. That's what he would often do. Take the money that was supposed to go elsewhere and keep some for himself. Judas was a thief. Judas did not really love Jesus. He loved riches. He did not have faith in Jesus as the Savior from sin. He followed Jesus, but followed Him because he thought Jesus was going to be an earthly king. He thought he was going to have a very honored place next to Jesus as one of his close friends. And he would then have great riches and honor from men on this earth. That's what Judas loved. Now in contrast to that, Mary loved Jesus. Judas loved riches. Mary loved Jesus and was willing to use so much of her money to serve Him. Now we've spoken of Mary's love for her Savior. Very evident in the passage. Know this. And kids, you know this. Mary did this only by the power of God. Only by God's powerful work in her heart. By nature, she was no different than Judas. By nature, she was incapable of doing anything good and inclined to all wickedness. She had sinned in Adam. A sinful nature was passed to her. Left to herself, she would only sin and never love the Lord and never seek His glory. She would have been just like Judas Iscariot was with the money she had. She would have thought of all the ways she could use it for herself. She could do this and that to her house. 
she could use it to go out to maybe some nice restaurants, nice places to eat with her friends, get nicer clothes, do lots of things with that money. Or maybe she would have used that money for the poor, but used it for the poor seeking her own glory, seeking that others would praise her for what she did with it. The only way that Mary could be different than Judas and was different than Judas was God. God's work in her. God made that difference. God gave to Mary faith so that she believed in Jesus and knew Him as her Savior. God worked in Mary to be so thankful for what the Savior would do for her. That she wanted to show love to Christ now in thankfulness. So what a work. What a work of God in Mary's heart that made her to differ. That's our sovereign God. Now think about us. What about us? How are we to show love to Jesus as Mary did when Jesus is not here on this earth anymore in his body? We can't take a a perfume and put it on Jesus. So how can we show love to Jesus today as Mary did? Well, first this. First, we show love to Jesus today as Mary did by helping those in the church that are in need. Matthew 25, verses 35 through 36. Jesus said, For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then verse 40 explains, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So we love Jesus by helping His precious sheep that are in need. His sheep are precious to Him as those for whom He died. His sheep are those who are connected to Him, united to Him by the bond of faith. So when we show love to His precious sheep, We are showing love to Him. Thus give to the benevolent fund generously as you're able. That's how we show love to Jesus. Think, and this is a good thing to discuss with your spouse or with others in the church, how can we be of help to somebody else in this congregation? You think about somebody that might need help. Think about that with your spouse and then go help them. Maybe there's an elderly member. Maybe as a a younger mom, you can bring your kids to that elderly member's home and visit with them or have that person over. What a joy that brings to their life. What service that is to them. You think too of some that maybe have committed a, a sin. Maybe even a gross sin. How can we help them? Walk beside them. Go to the cross with them 
Okay, let's go seek Jesus together and let's turn. I'll help you. You help me too. Walk according to the Lord's ways. Maybe there's a a family who has something in their past or a person who has something in their past. It's hard for them to get past. It's hard for other people in the church to get past. We serve Jesus by helping them. We love Jesus by going to that person and doing what we can to include them. Think of all the ways. Do that today. Think of the ways that you can serve fellow church members. It takes time to think of that. Start today. If you already are, by the grace of God, continue. Continue and seek to do more and more. Show love to Jesus by helping those in the church in need. We show love to Jesus also today by supporting the spread of the gospel. Supporting the spread of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel is used by God to bring His elect to conscious faith. It's used by God to bring His elect to believe in Jesus and to praise Him. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It is only when the gospel is preached so that the last elect person has been brought to conscious faith. It's only when that happens that the end will come. That's according to Matthew 24 verse 14. It says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Well, follow this. Matthew 24, verse 30, that then says this, that at the end, Christ will return with power and great glory. So at the end, Christ will return in the clouds of heaven and God's glory will be emanating forth from Him. So that God's great power and His justice and His mercy and His grace will be shown, shown forth in the face of Jesus Christ. He will return with power and with great glory. And in that day of judgment, Philippians 2 verse 10 says that every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The wicked must even acknowledge it at that day. And when the gospel is preached to all the world, that's when Christ will come in that great glory. And that's when Christ will bring His church up to heaven. The new heavens and new earth. And we will perfectly praise Him forever. So you see that the spread of the gospel serves to the glory of Christ. Thus, we show love to Jesus today by supporting the spread of the gospel. Do that. Right now you're calling ministers. Keep doing that. And when that minister does come, you support him, you encourage him, you help him. We show love to Jesus when we monetarily support a missionary of the gospel as well. Keep doing that. We show love to Jesus when we encourage others to come here with us to hear that preaching of the gospel through which they're also brought by the grace of God to believe and to praise the Lord. All that serves to bring glory to Christ. So support the preaching.
We show love to Jesus today by helping his blood-bought precious sheep. We show love by supporting the spread of the gospel. And last, we show love to Jesus today, as Mary did, by being here regularly, worshiping him, by taking time to come here and meditate upon what our Savior's done for us and sing and pray. That shows love for Christ. Come here regularly to do that. Now criticism might come from the world regarding how we use our money, how we spend our time. They say that the money, for instance, must go to the poor and to serve mankind in general. As we near the coming of Antichrist, as we get closer to that, the world will more and more seek to create an earthly kingdom where there isn't unrest, where there isn't poverty, where there is, there's, the cancer is cured. So they say that money must go now to help the poor in the inner city, to the medical institutions. That's where the money has got to go. And you, you ones who are in church, you have lots of money. Many of you have lots of money, they'll say. You need to contribute to those things. Well, understand this. It's not wrong to help those who are poor. It is not wrong to help the sick. But what they say is that the money needs to go to those things and not to the support of the preaching of the gospel. They say that. That's a waste of your money. You're just supporting people that spew hatred and talk about this or that being a sin and aren't tolerant. Focus on actually helping people, giving to the poor, giving to the cancer research, giving to all these different things. That's where your money has got to go and not to the preaching, not to the missionaries. That's foolish. That doesn't really do anything good. Some will add to that that you're wasting your time by coming here on Sunday. And this can even happen in the broader church world more and more today, that it really isn't first that you should be here, but you should be out in the inner city helping. That would be a better use of your time. Being at church twice on Sunday is a waste of time. Well, that's wrong criticism. Very wrong. We can help those who are in need, but we also are to support the preaching. Seeking Christ. The glory of His name. We are to use our time to help others. No doubt about it. But we are also to be in church on the Lord's day. Worshiping Christ as He commands in His word. So we have a calling to show love to Jesus Christ. And know that we only show love to Him. By whose power? Not our own. But by God's power. Left to ourselves, we would be like Judas. We would be like also the world around us that seeks earthly wealth, seeks prosperity and an earthly kingdom. We wouldn't care about Christ. If we would say anything about Him, we would just speak of how He was a good example of how to love. Natural man is dead in sin, and may each of us see that. That would be me, apart from God's work in my heart. See that. Confess that this morning. God gives His people 
faith. He strengthens us to believe in Jesus for all of our salvation, to know His marvelous work. And He strengthens us to see that and be so thankful that we go and seek to show love to Him in thankfulness. He strengthens me to think upon Christ's death as Mary did. And then to go forward seeking to help others in the church, those in need, and to support the preaching, and to be here regularly to worship and praise our Savior. So may we be empowered through the word we hear today to love and serve Jesus Christ as Mary did. In the last place this morning, Jesus defended Mary's actions and spoke of how this would be a memorial. Spoke of her act as a memorial. John 12 verses 7 and 8 gives the defense. After Judas had said this, money would have been better off used on the poor. Jesus says in verse 7, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Jesus told them to stop the criticism because she had done a good thing. This was an act of faith. She did it with a view to my burial. This was done in love for me, seeking my good. Jesus the judge defended Mary right in front of the disciples, including Jesus, or including Judas. And Jesus also spoke of her act as a memorial. According to Mark 14, verse 9. Mark 14, verse 9, Jesus said to those that were there, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. What Mary did would be spoken of as a memorial, and that means it would be remembered. Wherever the gospel is preached, and that's still the case today, wherever it is preached, Mary's act, Jesus says Mary's act will be spoken of. And spoken of as a good thing, spoken of as an act of love. And that's astounding when you think of it. This occurred 2,000 years ago. Think of the many wars that have happened since then. And the, the great acts of generals or of soldiers that, that, that died maybe for other soldiers to, to save them. A heroic act. And you think today of what, of maybe the game winning home run or the game winning shot in the game. To win the championship. Those acts are eventually, they're seemingly so important now, but they are eventually forgotten. Jesus says Mary's act won't be. It won't be all the way till the time that I return. And that's the truth. We see that here even this morning as we speak of it. And this act is remembered because it shows forth the greatness of God. As we hear about it this morning, we see God made her to differ. God made her to know Christ's saving work and worked in her to love Christ. Praise the Lord. That's why the act is remembered. And when Jesus 
defended Mary, how thankful she must have been for God's work in her. And Jesus, in a real sense, He too will defend us one day too. He defends our acts of love towards Him. The world speaks of our acts of love as as foolish, as misguided, as really a waste of time. That is our acts of love towards Jesus. Foolish, misguided. But Jesus will defend them at the judgment day. Revelation 20 verse 12 says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So all men one day will be judged before God and all their acts that they have done will be made manifest before all men. And Jesus will speak of the acts of love that his people have performed towards him. He will speak of the good that his people have done towards him. By his power. In Matthew 25, verses 34 to 40, Jesus says that he will remember our works of kindness towards our brethren. He will say, according to verse 40 of Matthew 25, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And Hebrews 6 verse 10 adds, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. So God will say to us, Well done, thou good, my good and faithful servant. You are righteous before me based only on what Christ has done. And by my power you have done good. You have sought my glory and shown love to me. How thankful we will be to God. How thankful we will be to Him. It will be, again, so obvious that God is the one who made us to differ. And it will be obvious to all there at the judgment day. God is great. As you think upon the love of Jesus Christ this morning, His death for us, that He came here to save us from sin and from the hell we deserve. You think upon that, seek to show love and gratitude to Him today and every day. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father which art in heaven, Lord, we are thankful to Thee for our great Savior, Jesus Christ, and what He came here and did. What a Savior. May we now in grateful response show love to Him. Strengthen us to do that today. Strengthen us through the word we have heard. Lord, we need Thee. We will never do so on our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.